0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. Well, Access Church family, how you feeling today? Come on, one more time. How are you feeling today? You okay? You guys away? Good man. Glad that you are with us today. So excited. If you're online with us, I want to say a special welcome before we do anything else. Church family, can we put our hands together for our online church family joining in? So glad that you are with us and right now you can find at access.tv/info all of your sermon notes and you can find it there and you can you can be with us. Like you're not in the room, but you can still be with us and we love you. But again, it's so awesome to see everyone. We're going to jump right into Our message for today, we've been in a sermon series entitled Details, and so if you're new or maybe you missed a week or two, I would encourage you, you can go back and watch it on our YouTube channel or on our website, but this has been a fun series uh, for me, and I hope it's been encouraging for you, so it's entitled Details. One time, everyone say details. There it is. Yeah, details. And so this is week three. I want to pray for us, and then I want to begin this morning. Let's do this. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for all that you do for us. Now, in this moment, I ask that you would just speak to us, challenge us, change us, and make us into more like you so we are better than when we came in. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen all right church family here's what i have discovered are you ready i'm 30 years old but i've discovered this when it comes to someone laughed i know i don't look 30 but i am don't laugh it's a sensitive topic but i've noticed over the course of my 30 years of life that when it comes to in car navigation there are four types of people in this world number one you're an apple maps person are, are you an apple anybody an apple maps person yeah, okay. All right. Um, anybody a Google Maps person? Anybody? Wow. Okay. Who's the real believers in Jesus Christ? And you follow ways. Come on. You're a way. That's what I'm talking about. I'm a ways disciple. This is what I call, I tell my wife, I'm a ways disciple. Um, or or you may be in the other category. Anybody? other? You don't use any of those? Oh, you just you know your way around. Okay, great. Anyway, um, I'm Waze. Can we go back? Show me Waze one more time. It's just so beautiful. This I am a Waze disciple, okay? And what that means is I just love the way that it looks in my car. I love when I type in an address that I need to go to. It's just so interactive with me, you know? And my car has Apple CarPlay, so it just looks so clean and pristine. It looks amazing. I, I love the fact that it talks to me and it tells me, hey, do, take a left, take a right. I love that if there's an obstruction or a hazard ahead, it gives me the, like the, hey, watch out, coming ahead, there's something. I love it, Um, it tells me when the police are are nearby, just in case I wasn't paying attention. And I found this out, that it puts it in parentheses, the word hidden, if they're hiding and somebody, I'm a ways disciple, like this this is what I need in my life. Like, I'm not running from the law, but I'm just saying I don't want to be in that position. I would never run from the law, but I'm just saying (laughs) we're off to a fast start. I'm just saying, I'm a Waze disciple. I love me some Waze in my car. I love the fact that if there's a new route while I'm going somewhere, if there's a new route uh, there that if it pops up and it's better, I get the option to choose: do I want the new route or do I want to stay on the route that I'm on? And so I love that about Waze. But but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, all of these apps, all of these navigation tools, their intention for us is that we keep moving forward. That we get to where we want to get to. That we get to the address or the destination that's put in the, in the search bar. And I want to say this in a greater, deeper, higher way. So it is with God. His intention for you and I is that we keep moving forward. No doubt there are things in our life that come to um, distract us and and delay us. The enemy of our souls would love to delay us, detour us, and and destroy us ultimately. But the reality is that God's intention for us is that no matter what is in our path, no matter how long the delay may be, how big the hindrance may be, is that we keep moving forward. So today I want to talk to you from this subject. You could write it in your notes. If you're online with us, you can just uh, write it there or type it there. Today I want to talk to you about the detail of moving forward. Everybody say moving forward. Now, I recognize this in a room this size, in a church our size, uh, man, the, the difficulties of life probably are hit every end of the spectrum. Right now, you probably have pains and hurts and aches from from the past and things like that. So I want to say this. I come to this message very humbly, and I come to this message with great love and sensitivity because I don't know everybody's situation. Like, I, I don't know your unique journey. Moving forward for you could be really hard right now. Maybe it has been. Maybe it's been an ongoing struggle. So I come to this message with great respect and great love, great sensitivity. But I also know that we serve a good God. That even when life doesn't feel good, God is good. That even when life doesn't seem good. God is good. When life doesn't look good, some of you today may be like, man, I don't even know what tomorrow looks like. I believe that I've been sent today to infuse you with some faith that God is good. Can I hear a good amen right there? That God is good. And so no matter what the past has looked like, God is good. I want to talk to you about moving forward. Okay, so here's the main point. Here's my whole sermon in one sentence. I love doing this because you just, if you're going to fall asleep, just remember this, then fall back asleep. Here it is. (laughs) Moving forward is a seemingly small detail that can make a big difference in my life. Moving forward is a seemingly small detail that can make a big difference in my life. I I think there's two dangers that lie, lie ahead if we don't move forward in life if we don't get past our past i think there's two dangers that lie ahead for us the first one is this you can write it down we won't heal yeah we won't heal i think physically we were designed to heal if i had a laceration if i got a laceration on my arm right now that drew blood no doubt i would need medical care and attention but also my body should be helping me stop the bleeding and getting better it would form a scab over time and the scab should come off and my my skin should heal so so physically we were all meant to heal the issue is if we don't move forward in our life we won't heal I had a friend um recently, we were talking on the phone, and you know you have those friends that like once you start talking and you guys get on a roll, like it's it's unstoppable. Raise your hand if you have a friend like that. Are you blessed to have a friend? Okay, and that's how it is with this friend. And so he starts talking to me and he's going at it and he's pouring out his heart and his soul, and I'm just I'm along for the ride. I love it. And he stops himself. He's like, Man, hold on, Isaiah, like. I don't want to bleed all over you with all of my experiences. And I was like, no, 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 you're good, man. Like, you're totally good because he wasn't in that moment. He was just sharing his heart. And I was along for the ride. And I was just right there. But the reality is that can happen. If we don't move past our past in this life, we will bleed intentionally or unintentionally on those around us. And so here's the danger. The danger is not moving forward. Man, you won't heal. Here's the second thing. We won't be ready for what's to come. The reality is I believe that we do serve a good God, that no matter what this life hands us, even if it's the worst of the worst of the worst, God's nature and his character is still good. And I believe that God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. I don't say that flippantly. I don't say that lightheartedly. Like, I, I say that because I really believe that. Like, that motivates me to do what I get to do and how I get to serve at this church is because I really do believe God has a plan for us. But the reality is we won't be ready for that plan if we don't move forward, if we don't find a way to get past past our past. We won't be ready for what's to come. So, so today I want to look at just one portion of Scripture. If you have your Bibles today, anybody have their, their hardcover Bible here today? Hey, let's go. My people I like, okay, you can turn to the book of Philippians. And if you have it online, you're, you, you'll beat us there because you could just boop, 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 the other tab, boop, boop, boop you're there. All right. Philippians I want to look at just one portion of Scripture today. Now, to set this up, i got to give you some context, okay? The context is this. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter from prison. He is incarcerated, and he's writing this letter. Now, in this letter, it's, it's a little bit different than some of his other letters to some other churches, to some other believers. The reason why is because he writes this from a place of deep love and affection and appreciation for the church at Philippi. Some of the other letters that, we'll, that you'll read as you discover the scriptures is that often Paul is writing to correct a problem or to discipline someone or to set someone straight, but this one is a little bit different. This one, he comes to it with so much love for this group of believers, and here's what it is. We're going to land at chapter three, but in chapter one, what Paul does is he talks about how Christ is his all in all. It's his everything. Chapter two, he talks a lot about humility. Then we come to chapter three, and he says this. I just want to read this today, and I think it's going to help us a lot. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. What is it? Pause here. It is all that God had for him. The, the, the finish line, the, like the, great, the great prize that, that Paul felt like he was on, the great mission, the great goal that God had. So he says, I haven't yet taken hold of all that God has had for me, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Hold right here. He says one thing. This this is illuminated throughout Scripture in a few different areas. One is here, but also one is is when Mary and Martha are hosting Jesus at their house. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him and spending quality time with him. Martha's around the house doing busy work and doing chores and things like that. And Jesus, she, she gets frustrated. And Jesus says, yo, Martha, hold on. There's only a few things that are needed. Really, only one thing is needed, and Mary's doing it. She's spending time with me. This also is seen in the Bible. There's, there's a man who is healed. Um, he was blind, and then he, he can see Jesus heals him. And so afterwards, the Pharisees, they come to investigate the healing, and they're like, man, what, what's going on with this Jesus guy? They're like, yo, you just spent time with him. He just healed you. We believe he's a sinner. Can you confirm that for us? And here's what he says. He says, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know one thing. I do know, here it is one thing. I once was blind and now I see. One day a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what must I do to enter eternal life? Jesus gives him a bunch of things to do and he says, Well, I've done all of those. Tell me what else. Jesus said, One thing you lack, go sell everything that you have, and then you can come. Follow me, and he doesn't want to do it. So all throughout Scripture, and it's illuminated here, all throughout Scripture, there, it seems to be that there is this highlight on being singularly focused on one thing. David said in Psalms that there's only one thing that I seek. There's only one thing that I'm after. And it's to dwell in the house of the Lord. So all throughout Scripture, we see this one thing illuminated. Paul is saying this that there's there's one thing that I do. I'm an apostle. Paul's a great apostle. He said I'm a, I'm an apostle. There's one thing that I do. I forget what is behind, and I'm straining towards what's ahead. I think between these two words, we can have an awesome sermon today. So let's do it. The first one is this, forgetting. Write that in your notes, forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. A little bit stronger. Say forgetting. Paul is saying this, like, I forget what's behind me. If I'm going to do all that God has for me, if I'm going to go where God has me to go, if I'm going to be who God's called me to be, I need to forget some stuff. One more time, say forgetting forgetting. He says, I forget what is behind me. Now, what is behind Paul? This is a question we'd have to ask, and to get the answer, we'd have to back up just a couple verses in Philippians 3, 3 through 7. He says this, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. And he's going to list his resume. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. In other words, what Paul is saying here is that if you look at me up against Jewish tradition, I'm impeccable. Like, I've, I was observant to the law. I come from a very powerful tribe. Like, I, I, you can't find any fault with me. He was also saying, if you want to try me up against the Pharisees, like, I'm, I'm good. I persecuted the church. I did what I was supposed to do. I was zealous. I had passion for what I did. But all of this was nothing to Paul if he did not know Christ. Paul says this, that I'm, I forget what's behind me. Those were some amazing and good achievements. Well, Paul said, that, that's, that's behind me. Like, I want to take hold of all that God has for me, but I got to leave the good behind me. We also know this. Paul had a lot of bad stuff in his background. He had murdered some people. There, were, there was blood on his hands that also was behind him. And he said this, he said, I leave all of that behind me. I'm forgetting what is behind, both the good and the bad. I leave that behind me. So you can write this in your notes. Here's what I want to point out to you. Forgetting what is behind means leaving both the good and the bad in the past. Yeah, if we're going to be who God calls us to be, if we're going to move forward in this life, we're going to have to leave both the good and the past. Now, this is hard because a lot of us have accomplishments and achievements and accolades and awards, all of these things that that we have. And it's hard sometimes not to live in those glory days. But the reality is if we're going to continue to move forward in what God has for us, we're going to have to leave all of that good in the past. We're not acting like it didn't happen. We're just saying it has to stay behind me because I have to continue to strain on to get all that God has for me. Also, the bad has to stay in the past. It's the good and the bad. So many of us right now struggle because we can't get past our past. We can't get past regrets and missteps and failings and faults and shortcomings. Those areas, those things that keep us up at 3 at a.m. and it rolls over the tape in our mind over and over. If I wouldn't have done, if I wouldn't have said, that happens to us all, but we have to leave it in the past. Maybe it's not something that you did. Maybe someone did something to you and you just can't seem to get past it. It just rolls in the tape of your mind over and over and it causes pain. Some of us right now are living what I call the past present. You're in the present moment, but you're really living in the past because right now you're so stuck on what used to happen or what did happen. And I think God sent me today to just tell you it's time to move forward. To be an effective Christian, I believe this you have to have a short memory. You do. You, you, you have to have a short memory, church all of us. It, to, to forget something in the Bible, it doesn't literally mean to, like, actually forget it. That's actually really hard humanly uh, to do. That's really hard. Anytime it's written in the Bible to forget something, it just means to no longer be influenced by. No longer it has control over me. I, I, I'm able to kind of leave it and forget it in that sense, and we have to do that. You can learn from the past. You can look from the past, but you cannot live in the past. Are you hearing me, church? you can learn from the past. You can look at the past, but you cannot live in the past. I don't care how good it was. I don't care how bad it was. You cannot live in the past. Okay, growing up, I went to this thing that's called the circus. Do they have circuses still today? I don't know. I'm only 30. You know what I'm saying I'm still trying to figure out this life thing. But okay, growing up we used to go to the circus, and I remember at the circus, you know, they have elephants and tigers and lions, and and I don't, I mean, that stuff was incredible. But they had these trapeze artists. I just have a little picture. I just want to show you, but like it was crazy. These people were athletic. They defied gravity. They would swing their whole body from one side to the other side, and it was amazing. But as I consider this message and I consider what Paul is saying, I leave and I forget the. it likens me, in my mind, to a trapeze artist. He or she must leave what they're holding on to to grab on to what is ahead of them. Are you catching that, church? They must leave. If they're going to go forward, they have to leave that which held security, that which kept them safe, that which they were holding on to to get to something else. Okay, church, I'm just trying to tell you, you have to let go and forget your past. I love what our pastor says. He says this, that if you don't let your past die, it won't let you live. I'm going to hit replay and say that again. If you don't let your past die, it won't let you live. Church family, we have to leave the past in the past. It can no longer hold us and control us and influence us. Paul said that, that, that he was great. He had done some good things, but it didn't matter. He had to continue to leave it in the past and strain towards what's ahead. Let me give you another just word picture. If you were to take a car today and stick it in a garage and leave it for 15 years, just leave it. Like don't even, don't touch it. Nobody touches it. Just leave it in the garage. And then you come back later, 15 years later and you go, it may look nice on the outside. You might be like, Hey, it's it's not that bad. (laughs) Like you may crank it up and it may turn on. But you would quickly realize there are things that need attention. There are things that need tuned up and and fixed on that car that had sat for 15 years. Why? The answer is because it was never created to sit still. It was created to move. Church family, you and I were created to move forward. And so when we're not doing what we're created to you, therein lies the problem. You and I, we were called to move forward. Church, are you getting this this morning? So many of us live in just this perpetual circle over and over and, over, and I'm not saying it didn't hurt. I'm not saying that it didn't, it didn't mess you up. I'm not saying it didn't cause repercussions that you now have to go through for years. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to our life with Christ, he is calling us. His intention is that we move forward. So right now, if you'd do me a favor, just put this in your notes, these two words, leave it. Everybody say, leave it. Leave it. Some of us, man, we're, we're in this cycle. And I feel like God just sent me today and he was just putting on my heart somebody today is just going to leave it somebody's today is going to just get healing in their heart they're just going to leave what once was for everything that i have for them and so paul says this is this is how i do it man i forget what's behind and then here's the next thing write this in your notes straining in our verse he said that, that i strain towards what's ahead i'm straining i I'm, I'm going forward into all that god has for me paul says this in philippians 3 He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hold this right here. I press on. Paul was in a prison for the gospel, and he said, yet I press on. People had walked out on Paul, people that that knew him one way, and now he was living for Christ, and they, they knew him in a different way they didn't like. He said, I still, I press on. Paul had been beaten and jailed for the gospel and whipped and shipwrecked. All these things had happened. He said, but I, I press on towards the goal. I, I know that I have some good things in my past, but I, I press on to the goal. I know I've done some bad things. I, I have some blood on my hands, but, but I press on toward the goal to win the prize. This word press, I have it highlighted because this is a word of, of an intense endeavor. In other words, Paul saw his life as something that, that was intense, this was as real as it could get. This this game of life, this this thing of, of life was not was not merely a game. This was this was as real as it could be. So this is I press on. This is an intense endeavor. I'm taking on something big, and I pressed towards the goal. We we read earlier. There's a word in there. The straining. That word straining literally is is of a runner that's using every particle, every fiber of their being all their strength to stretch their body and hit the finish line tape to be the first one to win the race. So these are some intense words Paul's using. He's saying, if I'm going to do all that God has for me, if, I, if I'm going to go after it, that which God has for me, man, I'm going to have to forget some things, but then I'm going to have to stretch. I'm going to have to do something that, that may be uncomfortable. I'm going to have to use everything I got to get where God is calling me to go. This is intense, church. This is, this is as real as it could get. Your life is as real as it could get. How do you win? You forget what's behind the good and the bad, but then you use everything that you have to stretch forward into God's plan for your life. So here it is for your notes. Straining forward, or sh- I'm sorry, straining towards what's ahead means giving all we have to God's plans. Keep it right here. Straining towards what's ahead means giving all that we have to God's plans. In other words, like everything I got, every day I wake up, I'm not just lollygagging through the day. I'm not just, I'm not just, you know, just walking through the day in in a lazy manner. No, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm pressing towards something. Like I'm straining, I'm stretching myself towards something that's important, something that's worth everything. And and if you believe in Jesus, if you're a believer in here, like this should be our attitude. That man, I'm going after all that God has. I can't control His plans but I can control my posture. I can't control what's gonna happen in in two years or a year, but what I can control is my posture. So tomorrow, when I wake up, I can wake up in a way that's like, eh, We'll see what happens. Or I can wake up and say, God has good plans for me. And, and, and today it's going to require me to stretch. But if I stretch, I'll get all God has for me. Come on, you hear me, church, today. Somebody needs to know that, that you can approach the day like this. You don't have to live your life in such a way where it's like you're, you're sheepishly afraid of the day. You can attack it knowing, hey, if God be for me, who can be against me? And I'm forgetting what's behind me. And I'm straining towards everything that God has for me. Here's a problem I have. You Ready? And the problem I have is that sometimes people think Christians are soft. Anybody else feel like that? Anybody else? Just raise your hand. You feel it? I feel like that. I feel like sometimes people, oh, you, you read your Bible, oh, soft. Oh, you go to church on Sundays? Ah, you're soft. The reality is it's not soft. <laughs> if you're really trying to do this the right way, it's going to require something out of you. There are going to be people that you want to cuss out. You can't cuss them out. I mean, you might, but you shouldn't. I'm not saying I cussed anybody out in the last seven days. I'm just saying that you could, but you shouldn't, and it's, that's all I'm trying to say. Get me off the stage. <laughs> no. What I'm trying to say is this, though. Like, man, like, it's real. Being a Christian is not soft because there are things that you want to do, but you know you're not supposed to, and you're trying to line up and try to get where God has for you, and so, so you have to make the decision. Man, what am I going to do in this moment? It's not soft being a Christian. It takes some stretching and some straining. It takes everything that you got every single day. You got to have an attitude. You almost have to have some—not almost. You do have to have some grit to you that just says, "I'm going to do this thing." And if it costs me everything, it costs me everything. This is how the Apostle Paul reached his life. He just said, "Look, I, I won. I'm in a jail cell, but I don't care. I'm still pressing. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get what God has for me." Church family, this is big. It's it's moving forward. I learned this about myself. Um, a couple probably a couple years ago we have some phenomenal leaders at this church who lead access groups can we make some noise for those that that lead access groups yeah yeah incredible and, and, um, and two of them, I'll give them their name, is JC and Jessica Hernandez. And a couple years ago, we joined their access group. It's one of the four things that we do. We get out of these rows, we get into community, and so we did that, my wife and I. And they had this, this, um, this group on the Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but it's a, this old um, um, personality test that just says there's about nine personality types in the world. And so I did their access group, and I figured out, for me, Isaiah Board, 30 years old, I figured out um, that that I'm an Enneagram 2, wing 3. Now, what this means... Is that I'm a people person. I, I just love being around people. Like the fact that I get to do this today and hopefully encourage you, spit on you if you're in the front row. The, the fact that I get to do that, I mean that's amazing. I, I just love that. So I'm a people person. People energize me. And then I have this like this this other like part of my personality where like I'm an achiever. I want to do something with my life. Like I wanna I wanna attack something. I want to put my hands on something, just just do it, you know? And so that's just me. What I found knowing this about myself is that the power of predecision is huge for me I need to, if I'm going to set myself up for success, pre-decide and predetermine in the moment what I'm going to do before I hit the moment. So as a teenager, you know, um, I can, it's funny, before I even knew this about myself, I knew that I was like this, even as a teenager. I remember um, that there would be times where I'm like, okay, my friends might ask me to do this. I'm not really trying to do this. So let me predetermine and pre-decide in my head what I'm going to do so when the moment comes, I'm good. Because I'm a people person. And so if everybody says, hey, we're jumping off a cliff, I'm jumping off the cliff, okay? And I know it's not right, but I'm a people person. I'm like, yo, they're doing it. It it looked fun. All right. So I had to determine that. But today, whether you're that way or not, I want us all to predetermine and pre-decide today I'm going to move forward. I can't pretend I know everybody's journey because I don't. But I want you, no matter where you are, that you're going to move forward. You may have some good things. Life may be totally good. The reality is, though, you must keep moving forward life may be bad you may be here in a situation that you want out of today I'm here to tell you you're going to have to keep moving forward so here's what i'm going to do I, I want band come out and right now at this time i'm going to get real practical i'm going to give you two things that i think you could do to take this message and wa- walk it out work it out in your own life here's the first thing this week i want you to do this within the next 7 days i want you to do this i want you to reflect on what is hard to forget. Make peace with it so that you can leave it. Leave this here for a moment. This week, within the next seven days, what is it for you? What's the hurt? What's the pain? What's the thing you can't get over? What's the thing that 3 a.m. plays in the tape of your mind over and over and over? I want you this week take it to God and have an honest conversation and say this reflect I'm gonna reflect on what is that I'm gonna make peace with it it's in my past and then I'm gonna leave it August 7th 1954 there was a race a historic race John Landy versus Roger Bannister John Landy's running they're they're running he's rounding the last corner and he has this thought to himself he says you know I wonder where Roger Bannister is. Like, I wonder if, am I beating him by a long shot? Am am I a couple steps? I I don't know where he is. He looks over his shoulder. As he looks over his shoulder, Roger Bannister comes around the other side and wins the race. Time Magazine afterwards, in a post-race interview, says this. They they say, "What, what happened? John Landy said this. If I hadn't looked back, I would have won. Church family, I don't want any of us to live in a space that we're saying to ourselves, man, if I hadn't done that man, I, I, if I hadn't looked back, at the end of your life, I want us to look back and say, man, I, I'm glad I didn't look back too much at the past. I'm glad I just learned and I just moved on. I, I was like the apostle Paul. I said, and I'm forgetting what's behind me. And I'm pushing on to everything that I have. I want us to have that type of mindset, not to live in regrets and, and worries about the past. You can learn from the past. You can look at it, but you cannot live in the past. Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's the second thing. Write this in your notes. I want you to just take a step. Simply take a step. So this week, within the next seven days, pick up the phone and call that person and, and have a conversation. Hey, man, this is hard for me to do, but but I forgive you. Hey, man, I know I said some things that I shouldn't have, and man, I, man, that's bothered me, man. I, I'm sorry about that. Maybe for some of us, you're dealing with something so difficult, this needs to be your week where you say, you know what, I'm moving forward, I'm picking up the phone, and I'm calling that counselor. That's real. Maybe for you this week, you're like, you know what, I've been struggling so long, I've been, I've been wrestling with my past, so this week, I'm going to pick up the phone, I'm going to call a friend, I'm going to invite them into my journey, and together, we're going to move forward. Whatever it is, I want you all leaving, us leaving as a church family, saying, I am moving forward. I am moving forward forward. I I don't care what the past looked like. I am moving for I know they said some stuff that messed with you but today you are moving forward. So here's what I want you to do. Make sure you have that written down. If you're online, make sure you type that in. I want to close this morning by declaring this, that we are moving forward into everything that God has for us. I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. And part of this is going to be forgetting what's behind. Part of this is going to be stretching and straining towards what's ahead. So we're going to declare this this morning. Would you do me a favor? Stand to your feet. And with this song, would you give me everything that you got, saying that today I am moving forward. Come on. You know who you are. You know who you are. You've been you've been struggling, but today you are moving forward. Come on, let's sing this together.